That was terrible. Welcome to the 10 for 10. Alex. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I think it's the calm before the storm. I have lots of feelings. We're going to talk about things. And a lot of things have made me mad. And I'll probably be expressing them. So for right now, I just deep breath and just see where the world takes us. Oh, I'm sorry. You're mad at a lot of things. You know what we should do? Crack. I learned about this on on um, when I was seven watching cartoons. For every negative thing that you say, make say a positive thing, Steve. Let's do it. Make that your challenge today. Man. Okay, let's do that. You do the. Are you doing the positive or the negative? I'll do the positive. Good cap, bad cap. Let's do it. Okay. How many are we doing? So we know. Well, like a three. Let's do three. That's like the magic number. That's okay. what cap tells me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's something you're angry about? I thought you were going to do something positive. Oh, um, let's see here. I learned today that, do you know vanilla? Like the flavor? Yeah, yeah, I got you. It's like a vanilla ice cream like that? Yeah. I was under the understanding that the flavoring came from the butts of beavers. I learned today that that's not true, mostly. So when you turned 30 years old, you thought the vanilla came from the butt of beavers. Actually, it does, but only really fancy vanilla. So the article I was reading is, if you don't have a lot of money, you probably haven't eaten it. So there you go. Some positive. What's the positive in that? I None of us have eaten beaver juice. So. We don't know what Cam does in his spare time. I learned that at work today. As you can tell, I was very productive. You know what a positive is? Like That is I, a positive. Are you kidding I, me? Steve, I learned that, and my entire life flipped upside down because of how much beaver nonsense. And then let me tell you, I learned it, and now I'm fine. That's good news. You know what the good news is? Beaver nonsense. You gave us the title of the show. That's good news. I'm all about eating beaver. There you go. I'm serious. Steve, I'm Googling. It's a thing. <laughs> I am not Googling fever on my work phone. Do not Google it. I didn't okay. say on your work phone. Go on your private phone, Steve. So what's your original sense of adventure? What's your thing I have? Okay, well, now it's your turn. You're mad at my positive thing. So that was your one negative thing, so now I get another positive thing. Please, and go. Um, I'm getting a dog this Saturday, and she's wonderful. <gasps> what kind? It's a Australian Shepherd. There you go, Steve. Now you have to, what, what, what's one of the things you're mad about? Well, I can't say mean things about your dog. No, you're not supposed to say, you know, I thought you just angry things in general. No, I don't want to play this game. All right. All right. How you doing, Lucas? I was going to say, how is this any different from any other podcast? Steve's the negative nilly, and Alex always puts positive spin on things. Yeah. But we just front-loaded it. Yeah. 
you got it all on your system, didn't you, Steve? It's it's no. all positive from here on out, right? No, the water's boiling. Sounds good. Is it- Alex, please send Cameron a photo of your dog while Lucas is getting us up and running. Oh, you got it. So, so let's take advantage of uh, of Steve's uh, mental state here, okay? Okay. So, Steve, we'll start with you on this one. Thank you. Because I can't. I, I stretch out your hamstrings. All right. Kind of stretch everything out. You know, throw those arms in the air. Take a nice big. Big stretch. Step up on that soapbox. All right? Here we go. Headline, Jim Ursay blames his 2014 arrest on police prejudice against white billionaires and threatens to sue ESPN's first take. What are your thoughts? Lucas, in that thread we were looking at, was there a comment about him talking about all the money he made, like, independently? Um, those are just the headlines I pulled from that. Um, I didn't really feel like I throwing up and, and reading those, uh, articles cause I knew how entitled they would be. Um, and I didn't want to feel Steve angry, so I didn't read them. Oh. I'm not sure. So, like there, there are just rules in this world. Like when you're a billionaire, the only things you are allowed to complain about are if you or a very close to you loved one gets very sick or injured. Beyond that, nobody cares what you have to say. And, like, I decided just to look into Jim Ursay because I'm like, all right, like, you know, he just seems like, you know, some rich white dude who was born from a rich white dude. Now, to his credit, his dad apparently, you know, kind of worked his way up from nothing. But a little a little trivia on Jim Ursay, if we will, folks. Jim Ursay graduated from college in 1983 at 23 years old. How old do you think he was when he became the general manager of the Colts? And go. 24. Uh, he took he took my answer. 23 and a half. Cam? 28. 25. Dang. He was the general manager from 1983 to 1995. They played 159 games. Do you want to guess how many games they lost with him as their general manager? Out of 159, you said? Yes. I want to say 158, but I know that's not right. It's got to be in the hundreds. There's another 115 season in there. I, I will say 112. Um... What year was the John Elway debacle? Uh, was that the one in 15 year? I think that was his first year as general manager because it was 83 okay. when he took over. Okay. Um, no, 85, 85. He was before, the Elway debacle happened before him. <clears throat> I'm going to say 103. Positive already? 120. Man, you guys all gave him too much credit, or not enough credit. He was 59 and 100 as a as a general manager. For context, in a 17 game regular season, that's akin to going six and 11 every year for a decade. And his punishment was he got to own the team. <laughs> Whose punishment was that? His or Indianapolis's? Seriously, I think that's why the cops pulled him over. He raped a city for 12 years. 
But the kicker in the whole thing is like, I got pulled over being a rich billionaire. Oh, but by the way, I then pleaded guilty in a court of law to the thing I got pulled over for. Yeah. Yeah. Was it coke? Was his coke at it? Yeah, I think that's what he went. I'm not going to comment on that. I believe he went clean (laughs) after that. But yes, I think that's what what he was popped for. All I know is that when he made his two appearances on Parks and Rec, he couldn't stand up straight. So (laughs) that was pretty weird. Yeah, no, and, Andrew Luck was weird in that show. Mister Hands at is he's yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't know what to do with him. Leave him alone. <laughs> no. I liked Reggie Wayne in Parks and Rec. I just like Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's true. It also says here that Jim Ursay spent fifteen, an estimated fifteen to twenty million dollars to move a whale over the course of two years to an ocean. But then the whale died. (laughs) (laughs) So didn't do it. But the thought was there. Like, I'm never sure what to do with that. Like, you're a billionaire who gets to do what you want with your money, but, like, you could probably feed a lot of people in Indianapolis with $15 million. Okay, yeah, yeah. but you can't do that as a tax write-off. I bet he could for the whale. You know, you know when, you, when you complain about things like, oh, I forgot my charger for my phone, and now I can't play games when I'm bored, and you're like, ah, oh, hashtag first world problems. Yeah. Now I know what it feels like for people in third world countries to hear us complain about our first world problems, because that's how I feel about Jim Ursay complaining about all the crap that he's complaining about. Like, really, really, that's what you have to complain about. Like the Ford family did us no favors, but Bill Ford never talked. And I appreciated that. That's what an owner should do. Yeah. An owner, an owner maybe makes a five-second appearance on the television screen because they're in their box and the cameras decided to pan on them, and that's it. You don't go in that locker room. You don't become your own general manager. You don't know. Yes, nobody wants to hear from you. Amen, mate. Makes me wonder, top five worst owners. Oh, God. This podcast oh, that, is going to get too long. Week. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Free Willy? Yes. Do you think Jim Ursay did that in the hopes that when he finally got the whale to the ocean, he was going to be the yes. kid? He could take the iconic picture? Absolutely. And that's really what he was spending the money on? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Nice. Sorry, I know all the other football stuff is very interesting, but I'm really stuck on the whale bit right now. Oh. Did you? I do want to revisit the five worst GMs next week, though. I will get us prepped for that. No, I want owners. Owners, not GMs. Yep, yep. I got it. Uh, All right, number two, Cam. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich was fired. So why the hell did they do that, or why the hell did it take that long? Um. I think he walked into a terrible situation. I'm not a big Frank Reich fan generally, but just everything I've been reading about the way that organization has been run this year and last year, I just, I don't think that they have any idea what they're doing. The owner again came out and 
tried to pin the the young pick on Frank Reich. Frank Reich tried to pin it on the owner, and it's just that's that's not good. It hasn't no. been, been a season yet, and the number one pick you're trying to blame who yes. picked that the number and, one pick. Yeah, in in the owner basically said that the 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 onus falls on him, but that we should have picked Stroud. And Frank Reich's like, dude, you're the one who told us to pick Young. So I think the whole thing is just a hot mess. Uh, it does a lot, a lot for Young's confidence, that's for sure. And and the fact that, oh my God, the package that they gave up to even get to number one, right? Because then they trade with Chicago yeah. for number one. Yep. Like, oh my gosh, Chicago's going to come out so good with that. Um, yeah, Steve. I've also done a little research on Carolina owner David Tepper. So I don't know anything about he. I think most of us would probably guess, or some of us know, like he comes from. He's a billionaire because he ran hedge funds. I didn't have a working. I have a very basic understanding of what that is, but I intentionally stay away from that sort of stuff because I would just bankrupt myself trying to be cool in that scenario. So anyway, what I'm getting to is that's how he made his money. And what I've read is he was actually like he was like golden child is the wrong term because he's he's he was an old white guy back then too. But basically he had some sort of magical touch. He like people were very envious of him and his abilities in that way. So one, it makes me think you're fraudulent, almost like Junior's team, not quite as fraudulent as Junior's team. But moving on, and it also makes me think words are hard. I'm skeptical he did it a legal way, but what I'm getting to as it relates to Carolina is like, I think when you're that good at a thing, unlike, you know, Jim Ursay, like you probably just think you can come in and like just fix things just like you can, you did with your hedge funds and you clearly have not. You can, and Lucas, you did a great job. Like they traded away their best wide receiver, two first round picks for Bryce Young. And what I don't think anybody viewed as a draft rich class last year, like it just, it made no sense. And I will, I will be really curious who they give the reins to next year because who would want this team? Like, if you were a candidate for other jobs, yeah, it's going to be somebody who was, yeah, fired for similar reasons and wants a second chance and will take anything. And yeah, who knows? Alex, you you look like Frank Reich. What do you think? David Tepper has characterized himself as a regular upper middle class guy who happens to be a billionaire. What does that mean? Uh, point number two for why NFL owners should just shut their mouths. Like, because like it's almost like that argument where it's like you're rich, but it's like, well, you know, I'm a Southern American tough guy, but like he said, regular upper middle class, like that's still. Yeah, it, it, it's like when presidential candidates say, I understand what you're going through. No, you don't. Like, yeah. I can relate. No, you can't. Uh, yeah, that that falls flat. He's been quoted in an interview in 2010 as saying, if someone is a butthole, I'd paraphrase that, like a waiter at a restaurant, I think I could just buy this place and fire that guy. Huh. That's what I would think, too, if I was upper class. Yeah. Hmm. Us us regular middle class workers think that all the time. His wiki, his wiki, his wiki wasn't as fun as Jim Ursay's, but uh, I was really <laughs> hoping to find another whale based fact there, but there was none. 
Maybe if I Google him and whale, come back to me. All righty. All right, number three. We're going to do a quick little tourney time here. All right. Um, I'm intrigued by this one. Uh, what is the most useless or interchangeable entity in the NFL? All right. So I'm going to give you two choices, and I need votes on which one is the most useless, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a quick little. The floor yeah. is yours, Lucas, but I just want to talk about why I did this, and it should, maybe it should have been a separate talking point a couple of weeks ago. But were you guys familiar with everything that happened with, uh, what was her name, Carissa Thompson basically admitting she made up sideline reports? Yeah. And, like, am I wrong, but that story died within, like, five days, and nobody's talking about it anymore. It's because she's I, not. And there was really wasn't much there. The reason for why she did is totally relatable, and I totally agree with her. Wait, you're on board with it? Yeah. Huh. When an NFL head coach brushes you off, probably because they're sexist and don't want to talk to a woman in the middle of a football game, and it comes to you and you're on national television and you're supposed to do a good job, what are you going to say? Uh, yeah, sorry, I couldn't get a word in edgewise with him. I don't have anything for you. No, you're done. You you throw out the stupid coach speak that means absolutely nothing, that the, the same old statements that they say all the time and how, oh, we just need to, you know, we need to pass the ball better or we need to reduce our turnovers. Yeah, no shit, you need to reduce your turnovers. Like, and that's the stuff she made up. I I'm totally in their corner on this one. Not anticipating that. Huh. It's not like the stuff she made up was something, and and she made that point too. It's like, not like the stuff that I made up they can debate or disagree with. Like, it's all accurate information. They just didn't say that to me because they blew me off. It's not like she said something like totally wrong, like, Oh man, you know, uh, Frank Reich said that he absolutely hates Bryce Young, but he's forced to play him, so he's just going to do the best he can this half. You know, if she said something like that, that would be problematic. Problematic. That the silence is the nods, people. Everybody's agreeing with me. Yep, I agree. Not everybody. You were nodding. I, I saw you nodding. I know you're thinking it through while you were nodding. You were nodding in agreement, but I just no, I didn't think this was going to be your angle. I'm just, I believe the term is cognitive dissonance. I think ah, that's where I'm at right now. All right. Okay. So, all right. We'll get to the tournament. Here we go then. So speaking of that, uh, most useless or interchangeable entity in the NFL, we have a sideline reporter or Kirk Herbstreet. <coughs> Steve, which one are you voting for as the most useless? Oh man, I really want to bag on sideline reporters some more, but Kirk Kirkstreet, Kirk Kirkstreet, I don't even know what he would do if there were if there weren't quarterbacks in football, which is a dumb statement, but he's useless. All right, Alex, I'll say Kirk. Cam, I'm going sideline reporters because Kirk's in less games. <laughs> All right, Cam, we'll start with you on this one. Rex Ryan or Chris Collinsworth? Oh God. Oh man. I hate them both. I'm going to go Rex Ryan, though. Alex? I'm definitely Chris Collinsworth. Steve, break the tie. Most interchangeable? 
Rex Ryan, a fat loudmouth is easy to find. Especially when he's got a twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, Troy Aikman or Commissioner Goodell? Goodell. Goodell. Cam? G- Goodell. Okay. Am All I right. one of the few people here who like Troy Aikman? Um, he needs I'm to learn how to pronounce Jared Goff and not throw an L in there. But other than that, um, anyway. All right. The last two, I'm going to look to Cam and Alex for. Alex, what do you think is a useless entity in the NFL? Ooh, what's a useless entity? Let Cam go first. Okay. No, I, want, I want you to go first. Okay. I, I think Cam has as that the ready. No, I don't. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say, oh man, this is hard. You know those people that squirt water into people's mouths? Yes. I'm gonna say them. I, I'm not, I, you know, I don't think they need to do that. I think that that's something they can take care of themselves. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to go with those little air things that are on the backs of benches that blow heat into helmets. All right. All right. Steve, which is more useless, water squirters or hot air blowers? <laughs> I am going to say, because it's a two, it's useless or interchangeable. I will say the heaters because you can get any sort of heater to do the thing. All right. You can't All right. Help to squeeze water into your mouth, like your hands. Hey, I spent a decade in customer service. It is no joke to get those things right. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, why haven't I seen like anybody like miss? You know, like do they train beforehand? Because you never like see them and they just get them right in the eye. Because like, how do they know specifically how hard to squeeze? They have to practice, right? They Tell me seriously. That's in why. Mind, that's why I said heaters. It, yeah, it, in my mind, it's a lot like the the refereeing carousel, right? Like you don't get to the NFL level without having a lot of experience first and, and screwing up at lower levels. So they probably have people like at practice and you don't see, and the ones that graduate and get to go, come to the sidelines on game day are the ones that actually do the best. Plus, they did make a movie about these people called The Fucking Water Boy. No, he never sprayed water into people's mouths. He just got it's, the water prepared. But it doesn't matter. You got to start somewhere. Fair. All right, Steve. Who's more useless, Kirk Herbstreit or Rex Ryan? Kirk Herbstreit. Alex. Kirk Herbstreit. Rex Ryan. All right, Cam. <laughs> who's more useless, Roger Goodell or the helmet heaters? Helmet heaters. Alex. I guess heaters. Steven. The helmet heater actually has to work, unlike Commissioner Goodell. So I was going to go with Commissioner Goodell, but I don't have oh, enough to keep No, it was against Commissioner Goodell. I changed it to Goodell. He doesn't do Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. The most useless entity in the NFL, Cameron. Is it Kirk Herbstreet or Roger Goodell? Roger Goodell. Alex? Roger Goodell. Steve, do you agree? 
Herb Street by one bad analogy. <laughs> and my honorable mention, uh, did anybody – I mean, you, you mentioned Chris Collinsworth, but, oh, my God, I would take him in a heartbeat over Jason Garrett as oh, a color man. Oh, God, yes. Um, that was so awkward. So Jason Garrett is going to be my honorable mention for this question, and yeah. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, number four. <laughs> I should have thought about Chris Collinsworth's kid. <laughs> is is yeah. he like Joe's Joe Jurovicious's kid? No, Chris Collinsworth's kid does a thing for uh, what is it? Thursday night football or Sunday night football? Yeah, he's oh, terrible. He sounds yeah. just like his dad. Ugh, oh, it's the worst. All right. Did you know that he has a tattoo of his wife wearing Mark Sanchez's jersey? Who? Who? What? Rex Collinsworth? Oh. oh, no, you're right. I forgot about that. He's yeah. also really in defeat. And he refers to Sanchez as his baby. Oh, God. <laughs> he said it multiple times in his autobiography. There's a reason he's not coaching in the NFL anymore. Oh, he loves the butt fumble. All right, number four, moving on. Uh, a little bit of sad news outside the world of football. 1980s super duo Hull and Oates appear to be over after Mr. Hall served Mr. Oates with a restraining order. So very quickly, Alex, why do you think he got a restraining order? What did he do to get that? Which one is restrained from being uh, Oates is restrained from being close to Hall. Uh, drugs? I don't know, man. I don't know anything about Hall. What, what do you think, Cam? What, what's a good reason for a restraining order for Mr. Oates? I mean, first of all, I didn't eat, know that either one of them were even still alive. So, um, I don't know. One of them just couldn't go for that. Um no can do. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. This is Steve's wheelhouse. Hall probably grew a mustache. I don't know. All right, Steve, what is the correct answer? Um, I don't know why the restraining order is in place, but what preceded that was an injunction because, oh, it's for the record, the one with the mustache, um, tried to sell his stake in a business that he and Hall owned together. And Hall said that, that they have legal paperwork that does not allow for one of them to sell their half of the interest in something. So um, it's still a little – the documents are still still sealed, so we're only getting a little bit of information. But that is the boring reason about how we got into the pickle that we are currently in. Oh, oh that's too bad. All right, so to tie this to football, um, who's the player on your roster currently who is too good to drop right now, but you can't wait – to not have on your roster next year. Who's starting? I will I start. Looking, I was gonna, I was looking to see who was looking up and making eye contact. We'll go with Steve. I'm just reading. I just caught this really, really sad story. It just really kind of killed my mood. Um, Javante Williams. I know you have not been a fan of his historically, Lucas, and I can't blame you for not being a fan. But I mean, last week, 18 catches or 18 runs. Six targets, three catches. I mean, there's there's enough volume that he needs to, at least needs to ride a bench. But seriously, Sean Payton is just the worst. Well, he and Drew Brees are the worst. They're both just terrible, terrible people. But like, 
they got to the three yard line like multiple times and like Javante Williams doesn't even get a sniff. Like they're like, oh, Russell, run the ball in. Samaj P. Ryan, like you get three carries a game. Why don't you run the ball in? Like, motherfucker. Yeah. So I, this marriage just needs to end and somebody just needs to, I don't know, nut punch Sean Payton. Maybe Kevin James can do it. Yeah. Cam, how about you? Um, I'm going to say Terry McLaurin. That's a good one. Alex? I am definitely going to be saying Joe Mixon. He is, some for some reason, always seems to be ranked high as a running back, and I'm always like, I don't think he should be that high. But he fell to me, so I grabbed him, and he was exactly what I thought he would be. So he's okay, but I don't know. I don't think I would want him again on my team. I think the guy for me I already traded off my team, and we've talked about this before, and that would be Najee Harris. Um, but if you're forcing me to pick somebody who's currently on my team, I yeah, it's probably a tie between Thielen and Godwin. Um, Mike Evans is definitely the number one in Tampa Bay, and Godwin has definitely suffered uh, due to Brady be gone. And Thielen seems to have played out his usefulness. Um, and with the mess that is Carolina at the moment, um, that's just, that, that was, a, that was a free agent pickup though. So yeah. I guess I'll go with Godwin cause I drafted him. But, all right. Well, we are in week 12. Um, we have two games left in our season and it took this long to get our first team that has been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, with her loss last week, uh, Carly is the first team out of the playoff run. So let's take a little time to review her team. Um, your thoughts on her current team and, and some of her players and, uh, in just the season overall. Steve, we'll start with you. You know, I think one of the things I talked a lot about early on with Carly's team was the decision not to franchise Joe Burrow. And it wound up being a good decision from the aspect of he's out. He didn't play particularly well in the injury. You basically got four solid weeks out of Joe Burrow, so that wasn't the issue. And I don't think Carly did anything wrong. I think good good selections didn't turn out great. Travis Kelsey was her keeper. We talked about the top tight end is typically wide receiver 10. Travis Kelsey is currently the equivalent of wide receiver 16, which isn't bad, but that's not great for your first pick. Austin Eckler has been just slightly better than a forest fire. He's had... He's missed four weeks. He's had three good weeks, four good weeks, pardon me, and four weeks in single digits. Like, that's not Carly making bad choices. That was a fine pick as the number three pick in the draft. But when you you come out with Travis Kelsey and Austin Eckler and they do that, it is really hard to recover. I think the other thing, Trevor Lawrence. I thought Trevor Lawrence was a bit pick at that position in the third round. And Trevor Lawrence has had a great three, two or three weeks, but it was mundane mostly with a little splash of terrible like none of those none of those were bad decisions they just did not work out and <clears throat> I would think if Carly was on this podcast to the last question who's the guy you want to divorce from I've got to think it's T Higgins for her I mean that dude's like a, a glass cannon so she made good choices that didn't work we've all been there we've all missed the playoffs it just happens she's had a great three-year run before now Cam. Yeah, I echo everything Steve said. Excellent. 
Alex. <laughs> I mean, what else do I say? Like, no, it was. Yep. Carly tried super hard. I like that you picked Trevor Lawrence. David Montgomery was a fantastic pick, even though he got hurt for a while. Um, he was really good. Sorry, Travis Kelsey didn't pan out. Um, Taylor Swift wasn't had enough of his games. Austin Eckler is fun. Um, it just didn't work out this year. Uh, quarterback's a hard position. You don't got one in there, you're going to have a hard season. Yeah. Um, and to just piggyback a little bit on what Steve said, yeah, I, I didn't really absolutely hate any pick she made. I mean, she, she did well on some picks and good players, but the high picks just didn't do well this year. Not one of them hit. Um, if you, so you said Kelsey was the 16th receiver, highest rated receiver? Yep. So that means she does not have a player currently on her roster in the top 10 in their position. And that's it in a nutshell, right? Uh, you don't have a top 10 player in any position, especially quarterback. You're going to have a tough time winning. Um, and it's not because she picked bad players. It's just because the players she picked just had injuries or just didn't do as well as they should have. Um, uh, from previous years, so it's just bad luck. Don't worry, Carl, you can still re- win the consolation bracket. That you can. Never give up. Alex, love the enthusiasm. Let's continue that. It's your time to shine. Yes. Yes. Number six. So, uh, two questions. First one, uh, what is the blocking plan when you think the defense is sending one more player than you have an offensive lineman to block? Well, they're supposed to be calling that if they're calling a blitz, right? That's the point of audibles if you see unblocked guys. A lot of times if it's pass play, it's going to be the running back. But if it is a linebacker, let's say, and you can tell where they're trying to blitz, that's when you have to audible out of the run, right? Like if the blocking scheme doesn't match up, like there's more on one side than the other. But in that case, you can usually switch the play. Um, Just like the side that it's going. I actually had one of those in in, uh, junior high. This was junior high. Um, the quarterback would, I, I think I told this story, but he would tap my butt if he decided that he hated the pass protection and he's like, there was no one up the middle to like stop a run. He would just tap me and like determine like which way he wanted to go. And then he would, uh, we would just kind of do that play. That was fun. But basically, so if there is an unblocked guy too, sometimes there'll be one around the edge. That's when you know that it has to be kind of a quick pass, but you're supposed to be able to try to pick up those blitzers. So, and the center too usually does a good job of like pointing that stuff out. Usually when they're pointing around, it's not every NFL team, but centers are usually kind of the go-to for changing blocking assignments. So, so the, the center sees the center sees that that guy on the edge that oh, he knows the blocking scheme. He knows he's going to be uncovered, so he'll point it out to the line, the quarterback. Who's he pointing that out to? Other linemen. So you'll see them like adjust depending on the formation that they're using. That's why they're like pointing it out, like pointing out blockers and like who to pick up who. So especially in a run play, who to block where. Um, Usually if a run play too, you always have a guy that you're going for because you know that they're going to end up going that way anyway, especially if it's a linebacker. So you're kind of like going, you really don't change your scheme too much as long as it's the same direction you're going. But in a pass play, it's about looking out for blitzes and they try to call it. And in that case, if you notice in the NFL, they kind of stand up and like move backwards. It's like who to watch and prepare for, which that's why sometimes it is apparently harder in the NFL. I wouldn't know, but that's why sometimes you'll just see him pass blocking and some dude just walk right by him because he's focusing on some other dude over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second question. Uh, if the running back in the pass protection, um, if it looks like 
two of the defense or two players, two defensive linemen or two defensive players, we'll say, have beaten their block. Uh, how do you prioritize which one to pick up? Oh, like if I'm like just trying to like pick up a random block. Right. So the running backs back there on a pass play to to help with pass protection. Uh, you know, because first guy that gets through, the running back's going to pick him up, right? Uh, yep. But what if two guys come through? Uh, then they should have changed what they were doing, <laughs> or they should be getting the ball out faster. You're like, if you if you're somehow, you know, it's literally like if you imagine playing Madden. If the other team calls an engage eight and you don't have eight blockers, like you just got to find who's not lined up where and just chuck it quick. So if you can read that blitz, that's really the goal. So the running back just has to. Usually they'll have a direction or an area because they know where the which side of the ball has like more defensive like people on it, or if it's even like where the breaking coverage is, who's most likely like a blitz. But if there's two, you get that one that you're aiming at first, and then if the other one goes, hopefully the quarterback got it out quick enough. Steve, did you see a play in particular that made you think of that question? Um, I didn't see a particular play, but there were just a couple of games, like particularly with the 49ers, where it just seemed like everybody was getting home. And I'm like, I'm sure part of that is the uh, the pass rush. But I'm like, basically, I just saw that going on. But it wasn't a particular play where I saw two guys break free at once. But I'd heard in the past, like, if pressure's coming up from the middle and pressure's coming to the side, I couldn't remember if the running back is supposed to prioritize going for the front or the side and just trust the quarterback to do what Alex said, kind of make Usually it the front, because if it's from the side, the quarterback can run either way, right? You know what I mean? If they see someone, like, they know which way they're supposed to be coming from, and, like, usually the blind side's covered a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Usually well, that makes sense. Right. If you're getting blitz from the right and you can, get, you can run away to the left versus pressure up front, you can't really go backwards, or probably not advisable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that was acceptable. <laughs> But for my limited knowledge. <laughs> All right, number seven. Priority pickups. Two weeks left. Who you got, Steve? Oh. The the working theory would be Aaron Jones. Um, but my God is the guy who owned who was the general Aaron Jones manager, like He's done nothing to support like a waiver wire to pick up, so I'm not sure I'd pick him up if I was at the back of the line. Like, how many guys are you going to start him over? Um, so I'm not seeing anybody there, wide receiver wise. You know, you talked about Drake London last week, Lucas. I think that uh, if they're playing anybody besides the Jets, I think that might be a decent idea. But it doesn't feel like there's anything in that vein either, quarterback wise. Like, I would be curious. A couple teams have quarterbacks on bye. So are you going to the David Carwell, which I might do if I was in a pinch of there. They're playing, <laughs> they're playing the Lions, so that could be interesting. So, and then the last one, defense-wise, like unless you want to take a chance that the Falcons speed can be spectacular against the Jets, I don't think there's anybody worth burning priority on this week. Uh, the the drought continues. Cam. Yeah. Um. There's nothing. <laughs> As someone, and we'll get to it later, who's going to need pickups, um, the cupboard is pretty bare. Quick note, Lucas, just brilliant move by uh, your wife holding on to Zach Moss, man. What a treasure to have right now. Yeah, no joke. Alex, anybody catch your eye? 
Yes, you are all incorrect. There was a correct answer this week, and you all got it wrong. Answer Sam Laporta, baby. Tight end for the Detroit Lions. That boy's out there, and he's not square, you know? Let me tell you, the defensive Lions going against the last couple weeks, not very good. You know who is pretty okay? Sam Laporta. Well, uh, there might be another player out there, not for this week, because I won't drop him in time to uh, let people grab him for this week, because I mean like that. But um, (laughs) I really don't want to drop my number one linebacker that I have on a bye. Um, He has been averaging 14 points a game, and that is very valuable to me. So I will be looking to drop one of my bench players to pick up a linebacker this week. so we could have a different discussion next week. Actually, I apologize, Lucas. I want to go back because everything you said reminded me there was one thing I wanted to get. I think the waiver wire fines are the people who do have to get dropped. Like, you don't have to drop somebody to accommodate Edmonds. But uh, Cam, I think your wife, Lucas, there's a couple of teams that have to drop some players that are pretty good or take some losses on IDP positions. So I think that uh, watching the waiver wire Wednesday, that's where you're going to find your gold. All right, number eight, Josh Dobbs, Monday night, four interceptions. Uh, by the way, uh, quick side note, thank you, Chicago, for defeating Minnesota. Uh, us Detroit Lions fans appreciate that. Uh, so, Alex, is it Jaron Hall time, or is this an extreme overreaction? Um, this feels sad because he still hasn't had, like, an insane amount of time, you know. Uh I mean, you really just got to keep trying. I mean, they've been winning games, ish, 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 so they're definitely not out of it. Like, they could definitely still win the NFC North. It's the Lions. Um, I feel changing someone that quickly is just not going to help unless they're like, oh, well, let's just call the season and get a better draft pick. But give some Dobbs, gives Dobbs some reps, you know, if anything. Play him more expire, get him more practice. He can be a trade opportunity next season if you're really – if you're sticking with Kirk. Um yeah, put jobs out there, you know. Cam? I think it's an overreaction. This is Steve who wrote it, so. <laughs> but no, it's a talking a point. They're, they're, they're talking to a lot of people saying to bench him. So. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's one two game. Inter- it's two interceptions behind, what was the Lions quarterback tie somebody against the Browns all those years ago? Oh, yeah. Peterman, and Peterman it- played for a long time. Goff had, was responsible for six turnovers in two games. Are we going to bench Goff? No. Like, it's just, it, one game does not make a season. Don't straight can. That was a pretty important game they lost, though. Right, Steve? <laughs> well, one game doesn't make a season. And I do actually agree to the bigger point. I think that, I don't think you've got a better option than Dobbs. But I think it is also a reminder that, like, Dobbs has been a career backup for a long time. I think the bar of what you expect out of Dobbs is not the bar out of what you expect of Cousins. So, no, I don't think he's going to chuck four interceptions the next three games, but I don't think the, I think it's realistic that he has a stinker or two before the year is over. I, I heard some sort of stat last night on Dobbs, like this is his eighth team in six years or something like that. I mean, it was something insane. It, it was more than one team a year. Um, you can't expect uh, any quarterback in that situation to just be perfect and awesome. 
Like, there's a reason he's switching teams so often. It makes me wonder, though, if he was actually given a chance in, in a couple of years in one team, um, like how good he could be. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if he'll even get the chance. Well, just real quick, I think it's I think it's a good point. I would be curious to see what happened, but just with Dobbs and the turnovers, real quick, a pretty good first four weeks, and then since week five, here are the turnovers by week. Three. Two zero two two zero two four. So I mean, this is not as kind of kind of what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, those would be good good stats if they were touchdowns. What are you laughing about, <laughs> Alex? What did you find? I am just oh. reading so many things about this whale, dude. <laughs> you can just you just keep going. I'm just enjoying myself. Uh, no, you find some good nuggets. You uh, you let us know, please. Oh, I already have. Okay. Don't encourage this. Oh, All absolutely, right. I am. It's my one for one. It's my time. Yes. All right. Take it over. So, <laughs> the ent- <laughs> the entire time, um, oh, what's his name? The running back. He was just injured. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. The entire time that he was asking for money, more money, is the period of time in which Jim Ursay was trying to save this whale. <laughs> so he was literally talking to Jonathan Taylor. He's like, I'm not giving you any money, and then throwing twenty million dollars at Lolita the whale. Now <laughs> he was taking him all the way from Miami to Seattle, which I don't understand. And they weren't gonna drive this whale, they were gonna fly it in a plane. Okay? Wow. I don't I don't know. They're gonna fly it in a plane. Uh, uh. No, I, I've actually heard of that before. It it is a thing. It seems ridiculous, and it probably is. But <laughs> but the thing I'm really laughing at is he created a charity, basically, um, and it was called like something something for Lolita, and he hired a filmmaker named Ryan White to document every incredible step towards its freedom. And then it died. <laughs> I want the movie to come out so bad. Like, is there? They have ten minutes of tape, and then they're like, "Hey, Jim, <laughs> well, we just dead." Put it on Netflix, dude. I would subscribe for that. You want to raise the price of Netflix? Put that eight-minute documentary up of me getting to watch them tell Jim Ursay, this man that's been, which looks like days on this project, that the whale died. I can just see the storyboard now. Like, the opening titles, the score, and it just cuts to fade to black. Yeah. He made a press conference. Mr. Ursay. The whale didn't make it. And scene. The, 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 it was called the Friends of Lolita Organization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, release. Re- <laughs> we're going to start that. Release the Ursay cut. I want to I see that documentary. Gonna reach out. We got tweets, dude. Anyway, that's what I was Alex for one for one. Bam, 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 bam. I was laughing really hard at that. I'm sorry. That was great. Thank uh, you so much.
Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm over here doing the real research, right, Steve? Where would we be? Yeah. <laughs> also, I still haven't found anyone to buy my Zach Wilson figurines. I put them in the frame at least so that I have a camera. Yes. How yes, bad is that there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. You really have some? Oh, yeah. Those are some of them right there. Those are some of them. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're not all. There's a lot of them, but not all. Yeah. Well, Kim, one of the things we talked about was uh, I know Lucas's big vision for us, or a vision Lucas has for us is to get to video, and if we do that next year, then everybody has the Zach Wilson bobblehead or action figure in the background. Yeah. So we, I, we all get one. I was really hoping um, I was going to be able to make some money off these. I think my favorite part of these is it just says, like, on the back, it says collect them all, like Pokemon, right? And it's trying to get you to collect all these football figures, and it just says Zach Wilson and, and, Justin, Herbert. and Justin Herbert. You just got to collect them all, dude. <laughs> you only need two, and you it got them all. Literally means all of that one. Yeah, there's one other one somewhere. But the best thing about this, too, is, like, they didn't care when they were packing this what they gave me because I have multiple – I have, like, home and away jersey figures. I'm, like, they just did not care. Those are two different SKUs, and they just chucked them in a box. And we're, like, give this guy all the Zach Wilsons we have. <laughs> That's the other Alex one for one. Sorry, what do we got, number eight? Uh, Number nine. Uh, So, Steve, last week we talked about Cooper Cup struggles. Uh, he heard us and responded with three catches for 18 yards. Uh, do you still have to start him at this point just due to the talent, or is it time to play some matchups? I I think my answer hasn't really switched a lot off of last week. I think most of us in this room would have to start Cooper Cup, but I don't think that's Matt's story. I mean, when you've got – and, of course, this does a queue up for me. He's got Devontae Smith. He's got a couple other guys he can play, so – I don't think he's faced with that, but no, unless we know there's an injury, I think you just have to, you have to go down with this ship. Damn. I think you play the matchups. I just, if, he's on a, he's just on a streak of, of poor luck, but, um, Hold on. I actually, I want to stay there because I think that's a perfect way to put it because that theory is going to be tested right now. Next week, he plays Cleveland. For whatever you rank it as, ESPN says that is the second worst defense for a wide receiver to face. So can Cooper Cup for you crack a lineup for Matt that would be Michael Pittman, George Pittman, sorry, George Kittle, and Devontae Smith, and would also normally include DJ Moore, but he's on by. Well, then, yeah. He would probably, I'd probably play him. Let me, let me rephrase this. Matt plays me this week. We are both fighting for the last playoff spot. You need a win. Who are you playing this week? Out of those four. Who, yeah, well, out of those four, who sits, I guess. My problem is, yeah, he, like, so he's playing Cleveland. There's no telling that he's going to get those, those targets. Could be Puka. It could be Tutu Atwell. Like, yeah. Here's what you do, and this is coming from fantasy football champion of one time. You put names in a hat. You close your eyes and you draw one. You got a hat. Cooper this is fantasy out. football. That's probably a very sound strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's either that or you have to read, and, you know, I feel about reading. Yeah. They're wrong. <laughs> All right. Number 10. Uh, Cam, we'll start with you because he's on your team. Jonathan Taylor got hurt. Uh, he ended last year and started this year with a bad ankle. Now he's got a thumb injury. Uh, do you think uh, Jim Irsay made a mistake signing him to an extension, or should he use that money to try to save another whale? <laughs> I don't think it was a mistake. I mean, he show, he was showing over the last couple weeks that he was worth it. He's been playing really well since he's been since he's been back. Um, but um, it just sucks that he got hurt again. Um, but, yeah, I'd sign him again. Who else are they going to sign? Zach Moss was <laughs> doing good filling in. Oh, that's a, that's true. But, no. I say no. That's a great point, but no. Uh-uh. No. Alex, what are you doing? It's just hard because, like, the right thing to do is to spend the money on Taylor anyway because he deserves it. But the NFL thing to do is to just continuously throw away running backs after four years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if he pays him and something happens, I still think he did the right thing because it just stinks how the NFL is treated. You know what I mean? So, like, I think it's good that he got the money he deserved. and not, I might have never made it 100% deserved, but you know what I mean. Um, I would have stuck with Jonathan Taylor. Steve? Uh, I like the deal. Um, well, we, fortunately, Jim Ursay got out of the general manager game and let Chris Ballard, actually that's not the GM anymore, but he let a GM take over. And it's a three-year deal. That feels like a perfect length mm-hmm. for Jonathan Taylor. Three-year deal in the NFL is typically a two-year deal, so a little bit of a cap hit in year three. I think for the most part, uh, Cam's point was pretty good. Uh, it was a really crummy first two games back. He's averaged about four and a half yards a carry. That's kind of a Jonathan Taylor thing. Since then, uh, involved in the passing game, and again, doing all this with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback, yeah, I think it's a little bit of bad luck, and we were having these same conversations about Christian McCaffrey two years ago, so uh, good deal. I think we're okay, just a, it's a bummer. All right. It's time for our favorite part of the podcast. Now for one of life's great mysteries. It's the power, Jenkins. Oh, my word. So, Cam, if you didn't listen to the show, you don't know where you were last week. I'm assuming I dropped down to, like, fourth or fifth. Oh, good. No surprise then. Okay, so run it back, though. Just I'm on a four-game losing streak. Come on. <laughs> One, Bobby. Two, Junior. Three, me. Four, Alex. Five, Kelly. Six, Matt. Seven, Derek. Eight, Cam. Nine, Senior. Ten, Carly. Okay, that's just mean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, you were fourth, Cam. It was Bobby, Junior, me, then you. Number ten. Carly. Yeah, that's Carly. Yeah. That's quite a run. Uh, Was 10, stays 10, 
Death on ESPN, uh, Carly. We've uh, we've talked a lot about this. I don't think we need to get into it too much more. Um, what the? Sorry. Um, so, God luck. Godspeed. Kelly's, or Carly's been good three out of four years. I'm assuming she will make a comeback. And I can't remember if we talked about this, so I apologize for the redundancy. Eckler has to be the keeper next year, right? Like, there is nobody on this roster that is a, you're entertaining the thought on because it can't be Kelsey. Or are you giving some thought to that, Trevor Lawrence? I think you have to take the fire on Eckler again. You, you watch the offseason, see what happens. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I would probably agree with that. What was Eckler's point rank so right now? Oh, like what ranked um, running, back, yeah. running back is he? Um, yeah. yeah, he is currently, well, because he was out for a little bit, but he's currently 27th. But he's averaging remember. 14 points a game. But so what about Mark, David Montgomery? Yeah, I was going to say, Montgomery could be another option. He was also out for like, what, three, week, three four weeks? Yeah, and he's been averaging 17.7 points a game for the the ones that he's in, so... Like, I think it's a higher risk, high reward, but, like, if they continue doing what they're doing in Detroit, he's still on contract for another year, so. And Eckler, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's just of that age where you don't want to get stuck holding the bag. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I was was going – I was queuing the next one for you. I thought you were done. Oh, I just – I want to get this into, like – uh, the point about X, Eckler being in the 20s despite missing some games, it's a pretty normal place to be, 10th per game, 10th in points per game. Uh, but I'm bringing all this up because Kyron Williams has missed five games. He's running back six because we talked last week, Cam, about how ridiculous it was that Brian Robinson might be the worst number four running back ever because that's where he was last week running back four. And this is honorable mention to miss half the season and be running back six. That is the state of the market today. Yeah. Number nine. I'm going to be nice to myself and say this is Derek. I'm going to say Lucas. I'm going to say Derek. (laughs) Was eight. Falls to nine. Currently ninth on ESPN. Derek. What? <laughs> Sorry, uh, peek behind the curtain. I didn't have time to prep for this. I wanted to ask about C.J. Stroud. That I'm guessing you guys didn't get a whole lot of time to watch the Houston game, but uh, I'm gonna make one of the Steve controversial, ridiculous comments that I wonder if the bloom is off the rose on C.J. Stroud. And to me, it has less to do with the stat line, which wasn't bad, and more to do like was not in love with the body language when they lost that game. It was. It was not like I'm pissed that we lost. It was like it felt more petulant child and maybe some Kyler Murray to it. So maybe too much too soon, but uh, I don't know. It, it has my attention to steal one of our old bits. Uh, and that's as far as I would probably go with it. Oh, okay, maybe something to keep an eye on, but he is a rookie. He is young. He does need to learn how to be a pro- professional, so we'll keep an eye on it, but I wouldn't knock him for it at this point. Okay. Before you cue me, uh, Cam, question mm. for you. What? Um, <laughs> if you're Derek, who do you keep next year? Are you keeping C.J. Stroud or the guy you put the number one pick in on, uh, Justin Herbert? I mean, oh, oh, oh. oh. oh man. 
Um, I think it's going to depend depend on if what's the Chargers coach Staley. No, oh, geez, yeah. I I think it's going to depend on if he's there because that dude just sucks. Um, I'd probably lean towards Stroud right now, but what do I know? Okay, so unless they make a hire, maybe get them a Ben Johnson like we are, feel like let's go with the second-year guy who's still got some upside, upside to the play. We don't say that name out loud. People should not know about him. <laughs> My bad. Number eight. Okay, I'm not going to be that nice to myself. I'll, I'll say I'm here. I'm at eight. Yeah, Lucas. Oh, Cam. I'm kidding. Lucas, 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 Lucas. How dare you? Lucas, well, Lucas. Was nine. Currently eight. Eight on ESPN. Lucas, um, a junior version of the Cooper Cup dilemma. Pook has not been firing on all cylinders himself lately. Anything... Where's your concern on this one as you try to mount your mount your rally? Yeah, um, I'm I was riding the hot hand as long as I could. Um, and again, I, I have an issue with Thielen then as well because he's he's kind of in this. You could throw him in the same bucket with with Puka at this point. Uh, Thielen had seven tenths of a point, and Puka had four point seven last week. Right. Um, now, luckily, all my other guys picked up the slack. But who the heck else am I going to throw in that spot? Um, I, I, you know, we, I talked about Godwin earlier. George Pickens is the other one. There's, it's just with Deontay Johnson back and the mess that is the Pittsburgh <clears throat> offense, he hasn't been doing well. I just – my wide receivers were not strong when I drafted them. I knew I'd have to do some work. I did. I thought I was good for a while, but it didn't get me any wins, and now they're back down to where they should be. So I'm 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 still having problems there. Um, but he's my best option at this point. I just got to hope for the best. Is Jalen Warren going to be your starter come Sunday? Uh, look at my shared screen. He's already right. in there. Oh, I'm sorry. That is what I'm looking at. I meant, uh, so, all right. So that's locked and loaded. Yeah. Jacobs is on a buy. Um, thank you, Josh Jacobs again for finally, um, paying off a bit, uh, with 25 points. Um, <laughs> talk about, we have, we have a new fourth best running back, by the way. Brian Robinson is now fifth, but fourth is Josh Jacobs. So <laughs> there's one for you. Um, yeah. And so, and Brian Robinson is the other pick, but they're playing Miami. Uh, with the ninth best defense against the run, and Miami hasn't really given up more than 15 points total to a running back in the past, in the past like four or five games, and that's all the running backs, right? So, um, and Jalen Warren, they're, they're playing Arizona that has 31st ranked defense against the run, and they've been giving up lots of points to running backs. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling the dice on that one for next week. Yeah, makes sense. He's he looks pretty good. It's just a volume thing for me. Is the only thing that makes me nervous. Agreed. 
number seven. I don't know if people are waiting for me to go first, but I've been giving other people chances. I'm going to say Matt. I'm going to say Matt. I am also going to say Matt. All right. Cam and Lucas still alive. Was seven. Stay seven. Seven on ESPN. Okay, Lucas, you'll be biased here, so I'm going to go to Cam first. Cam, this is your matchup. This is not lose and die. I think Cam, Lucas, sorry, words are hard, as I like to say. I think Matt's got the ability to lose and get in the playoffs, but it's a, it's a, it's a narrow road. So preamble, kick to the side. What do you do at quarterback? Lamar Jackson is not playing. To me, the obvious choices look like Derek Carr, Rusty Wilson, gosh forbid, and maybe some Gardner Minshew action, but you got to get somebody. Who are you putting in your lineup? Um, I'm going off the beaten path and going Bailey Zappi. You are not. I like that decision. Yeah, dude. Zappi! Zap, zap! <laughs> um, I would probably go Derek Carr against a suspect Lions defense of secondary. I am really curious to see. I just feel like they're going to give up 400 yards or 120. Well, well, well the problem's going to be they may be without their top three wide receivers. So yeah, yeah. Well, they will be without Michael Thomas. I don't know what the I don't. Olave's got a concussion. What's the and Shahid? Then, and Shahid, um, Shahid was injured is hurt too. too. Yeah. And I mean, they've. I forget what the numbers are, but it, nowadays, like. It's it's the norm to miss the game with the concussion. It's not the exception. So I think, Cam, you're right. I think it's probably more than 50-50. He's without Olave. Yeah. So I I don't know if I'd go Carr anymore now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I think he. I think you just go empty slot, Matt, or go Zappy. You've got this. <laughs> Lucas, may I, you may be a little biased, but if it is you, you're right. Derek Carr is playing the Lions, but he's minus his top three receiver. So basically, Alvin Kamara is the, the guy. So is Derek Carr the obvious answer? Is there somebody else you think is the play? I, I oh God, I really, I, I'm looking at matchups here. I really hate to say it. Um, but I think it's Russell Wilson. It's the safe pick, I think. Um, it just feels really dirty and could blow up in your face. Um, I mean, if you're going just based on last week's games, it's Jordan Love. I mean, he got you 40 points last week. Um, and, and has one of the highest projections of, of the free agents, but is going up against Kansas City. So. That's, that's not a good matchup either, but Russell's at Houston. I I think Russell Wilson is the play. I think that if you just need a guy who's going to kind of Cam's idea, you just need somebody to just hold the place. I think I think Russell Wilson, I'm with you. I think that's the guy. Number six. Kelly. Hmm. I'll say Kelly. So she scored the most points last week. 
beat – oh, I, this is a stat I want for next week. How many times did the person who scored the most points beat the person that scored the second most points? Because it happened again, mm-hmm. sorry, Cam, this yeah. past week. I think that's at least three this season. I think it's three or four, yeah. Um, which is crazy. Um, who is five? Alex? Oh. Oh, but Alex is seven five. Yeah, it's Kelly. No. Oh, it's Alex. Is it me? (laughs) (laughs) Was five falls to six. Currently fourth on ESPN. It is you, Alex. Would I have won if we made that trade? Curiosity. I don't know. I would have had Tony Pollard in the Dallas Cowboys defense. How'd they do? And you would have had Derek Carr to play over Tua, who got you 19 points. I probably would have played Tua anyway, let's be real. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying. Well, you learned you've got to be a little braver. Uh, you lost by 27, so the math is you'd have to get a, game, a net gain of 28 points. I was going to say, how Tony Pollard and Detroit's def- uh, Dallas' defense got at least 20 points each. But they didn't replace Nate. Anyway, I'm not doing the, doing the legwork on that one right now, so... I'm throwing that out there, but nonetheless, how dare you get 76? I still like my team, though. Alex, my question for you is, um, you know, a lot of the beginning of the year was me bagging on Jamison Williams. I think is 6 for 19 or 6 for 21, his catch rate um, for his career. And then a funny thing happened. Uh, It has been four consecutive weeks of two catches on three targets, which isn't great, but it's also not the end of the world. Alex, a year from now, there's actually at the end of the 24 season, how many catches do you think Jamison Williams has, and where would you view him in the the hierarchy of NFL wide receivers? I think he's going to triple himself the amount of catches he gets. Uh, for the record, that'd be 69. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> I really think that he's going to be able to do that. But I think he's filling a hole where he's pulling off backs, and he's been the first wide receiver that I've been impressed with his non-catching ability stuff. So he's made a lot of great blocks, and like that dude just has a drive to play, it seems, and I'm very impressed by that. So if he keeps going the way he is, and he doesn't get the catches and touchdowns, I never, I don't think he'll ever be like elite. But like if he keeps playing how he's playing, he's going to be a great addition to any team. Um, I think he'd be an amazing wide receiver, too, anywhere he goes if he has that, if he can keep that skill set going and improving his catch rate. Well, that's kind of all you need him to be, right, guys? I mean, it's it's not the normal dynamic we think of it, but ASR is the one. He's the two. Laporte is the three. I mean, I mean, we joke he's a cursed name in my life, but, I mean, maybe he's it's a Deshaun Watson-type career. Or it's Deshaun Jackson, pardon me. Yeah, I mean, he's still only played, what, seven games now? Yeah. yeah. I will always take a player uh, who puts it all on the line to block or do things other on plays other than try and catch the ball over a wide receiver who stands there and watches a fumble get returned by the other team. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, that should have made our list. I'm sorry that it didn't. Well, sadly, Almond Rod did that too. 
but he thought the play was over. So, yeah, that guy was like no other. I don't have concerns about that. Yeah, but he just did it the one time. He did it in the Green Bay, the fumble, golf fumbled it forward. He just thought the play was over and just stopped. That's why Green Bay was the guy who was able to pick it up. It's kind of a bummer, but anyways. Hux, real quick, why is Tim Boyle on your team? Um, I needed a QB, and they were all free. And I was like, what if he does something? He didn't. I might be making some moves soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'd probably slip you a fiver if you uh, put a claim in on Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, would you? <laughs> Don't worry, I have another QB I have my eyes set on. And he's related to Danny. All right. Well, that queued up. We're at number five. There was something audio difficulties. So <laughs> number five. <laughs> I'm going to say me. How dare you? How dare you? That would be. Man, that would be really, really bad if that was you, Cam. Uh, I'll go Kelly. I don't remember the last time we got this high in the rankings and the three people disagreed on who it would be. But look, you, as normal, tend to have your finger on the pulse of this thing pretty well. Um, Was six, moves to five, currently six on ESPN. It's Kelly. I think... Two things are true at the same time. I think this has been a really impressive run, and I think it is really a testament to her that she's she stayed the course and built the team that she's built, and just really having Zach Moss just really this was this was good GM work. Like regardless of the end of the year, she may be the GM of the year. So the yeah, but is not about something she did wrong. It's more about my theory that Dak Prescott is currently quarterback four. After in the four of the last five weeks, 48 points three times, 60 points one time, and then a, a whatever, 30 points. What do you guys think Dak Wilson, God, guys, Dak Prescott is rest of the year. He is historically like clockwork, been around that Matthew Stafford quarterback 10 to 12, and he's currently quarterback four. Do you think there is some regression to the norm, especially with this defense, or do you think this will be? This will be the the norm the rest of the way. A lot of forty point games and an occasional thirty point game for the rest of the year. I think that this is Dak Prescott's year, Steve. This is the one. This is the one he's been waiting for. Let me tell you what those Cowboys. Let me tell you about them. I think he has potential. Um, he's crazy. He's still quarterback four, but he still made mistakes. But I know what was the he had a game where he threw what three or four interceptions once, but that was pretty much like the one game where he just did not do well, right? Yeah, he clunked early in the year, but it's been a while. Three San Francisco, he threw three interceptions. And San Francisco's a good team. And like if you take that out of it, what, he's three interceptions and how many touchdowns? Like, let's go, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just looking at his stats. So for before the bye week, weeks one through six, uh he had zero touchdowns once two touchdowns once, and one touchdown four times. After the bye week, it's been 4-3, four, 4-2, four, four. 
So something happened that bye week. The other really weird stat, okay, so we talked about San Francisco. He had a 12-point game against San Francisco, really good defense. He also had a 12-point game against the New York Giants in week one. But then that was also the team when he turned around in week 10. That was his 60-point game. So I don't know. Figure that one out. Um, Giants, I figured it out. Yeah, there you go. Now, he's got some decent teams that he's coming up with in the next four weeks. Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami. Um, there's a chance he falls down a little bit, but I still think he's in the 30s. Plus, that's who she's playing anyway. She's not putting Brock Purdy in. No, no, you have to do that. I just, But it sounds like I'm more inclined to think there will be some regression to what he's been historically. You, you guys tend to think this may be more of a career year or start of the next level for him. I also think this is a good parallel to Carly's team. Uh, Kelly had some picks where she's like, uh, I gotta do, I hate this. Dak was one of them. She hated drafting Dak, but it turned out well for her. Um, Etienne has been up and down his entire career, but he's third best running back. That's turned out well for her. So, um, gosh, I mean, even the, the trade she made with me seems to, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see at the end of the year, but that seems to be the better end. So. Um, yeah, she's, she's had everything hit for her, unlike Carly, I guess. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Is there a quarterback that's like the opposite of Russell Wilson and or Dak Prescott that just gets better as the season goes fantasy-wise? Curiosity, if you had one off the top of your head. Uh, no, I don't think there's a guy who's, I view has historically been better as the calendar goes that I know of. Right on. Tim Boyle, you should keep your, keep your, <laughs> I knew it! Number four. Me. I'll go with Cam. Yeah, he he sounds so despondent when he says number four there, so it must be him. Number four. Was four, stays four, five on ESPN. Cam, what's your play here? If I'm doing, I'm just trying to do quick math with your math with your team in my head. Do you have a lot of players on buy? The pain points that I'm looking at are, I'm assuming Kenneth Walker doesn't play. You've got Taylor and Walker who can't play. You've got Jefferson on IR. Baker Mayfield's going to go in for Josh Allen who's on buy. Assuming you make the choice to keep Cortland Sutton on your team, that means that basically of your three IDPs, Roquan Smith, uh, sixth. Number six linebacker, uh, Max Crosby, number three defensive lineman, uh, Metellus, the number three DB. You either have to take losses on zeros on two of those to keep them, or you're going to have to get rid of the two of them. Like, what is your inclination right now? Congratulations, Carly. You're going to win. I honestly, I don't know. I haven't really put much thought into it because it's such a puzzle. Um, I knew going into the draft, it was this week and it was, or coming out of the draft that this week, and I think it was like, what, the first week of buy, so like week five or whatever, that those are going to be my two weeks that I was crushed. Um, I escaped the first one with a win somehow, but, um, this, my luck is just not, everything's run out for me after the first eight weeks. Not only do I have the buys now, I have any pretty much all but like two of my players on on the bench are injured as well. 
So, like, I'm just, I'm hurting all over the place. I sold my soul to get those those first half-season wins. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, guys. I'm, I'm floundering. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do, Cam. You're going to pick up those pieces, you're going to put them back together, and you're going to stand back up and be champion, darn it. I mean, it, I, I love I love that you say that. I mean, I get Jefferson back here after next week, after this week, so that'll help. Believe in yourself, Cam. I got to say, like, I might be well, – honestly, I think if it was me, my, and I think a lot of things can happen – I would be inclined to take the loss this week, like because oh, that's seriously on my mind. Because what happens? You get these guys back next week, and even I don't think there's a scenario where you don't make the playoffs at seven and seven. So even if it doesn't go well against Bobby, but you'll have most of your troops back, you get to the first round of your playoffs, and you should be totally healthy. There's nobody on the injury report that's supposed to be out four weeks, and then I think uh, you're ready to go. I think so too. So just to clarify, you said that I don't see a scenario where you still don't make the playoffs. For some reason, ESPN has the three, seven, and five teams at a 99% chance and have not clinched a playoff spot yet. So there's two games left and seven and five is two games up from the two, five, and seven teams. So there is some sort of scenario where a seven and five team doesn't make it. But I I have no idea what that is. We'll probably have a clearer picture next week anyway. But I would agree. I there's a not a hundred percent certainty, but an extremely high chance you're already in the playoffs. So I wouldn't do anything to to hamstring your team. Yeah. Just for this week. Yeah. I might go through and maybe I might buy get a new defensive team or something like that. Um, but oh, after like, that, and you can, you can replace them and be fine. It's more the IDPs. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get rid of Crosby. I don't want to get it, get rid of Roquan at all. Like they've been two of my most consistent pieces the entire season. Yeah. The only other thing to consider is you are one game out from a first round bye. Yep. Um. So and and so is Alex. So uh, yep. that's still up for grabs. Yep. But it is what it is. Number three. Steve. Yep, we get to our first team that has clinched a playoff berth, Mr. Steven. I'm going to go junior just to be different. What a contrarian. That team is so terrible. Just just ridiculous. That's what I want to hear. He's winning. Oh, we'll get into that in a moment, but not right now because was three, stays three, second on ESPN, yours truly. Um, I, I, I have a question for you, Steve, because this is your team. Yeah. Yeah. How did it feel last week to lose by 20 <laughs> to a team whose top scorer was a defensive back? It was ridiculous, and, I, and, I, and I'm not being sarcastic. When we get to Junior's team, I have to tease out two things. Junior is a fine human being, so none of this is bashing him. That team is ridiculous and has no business being where they're at. So I'll talk. I'll address that, but we're going to get to it when we talk about his team. All right. Um, 
So kind of the thing I do in this my time, like I'm feeling really frustrated just real quick at myself. I had been holding waiver priority all year last I didn't actually burn it to get Zach Charbonnet last week. I burned it to get the Kansas City Chiefs for their playoff run on defense, and they laid an egg versus the friggin' Oakland Raiders and porn stash O'Connell. Ridiculous. Tangent aside, moving on, uh, who would you guys start this week? Zach Charbonnet, assuming Ken Walker doesn't play at Dallas, or, or do you continue to ride the or Josh Downs or continue to ride the fucking Javante Williams train? Charbonnet, like Risky. a fine, yeah, like a fine wine. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, the answer is right in front of you. Charbonnet plays Thursday night. Out. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell you guys. I think the dark horse here is Josh Downs. Like he didn't have a great stat game last week, but he had 13 targets. I think Josh uh, Gardner Minshew loves that guy, and I'm used to getting crap from that flax position, so I'm going to play for some upside. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I think that's good, too. Number two. Junior. 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 Was two, stays two, five on ESPN, the most ridiculous team in the league. Congratulations, Lucas. Yeah, I bet that felt really good to beat Steve last week after he trashes your team every week. <laughs> I, I bet you just – he's still soaking in that win. I, I know he is. As he should, man. Like, you know, when you beat a team you're not better, then take a victory lap. But this is – 20 points from the Dallas defense. His three IDPs combined for three turnovers. How many times in your fan, your, your fantasy careers have your three IDPs given you three turnovers? I, I love it. In the year, the year we decided to double defensive scoring, he has the number one defensive lineman, the number one defensive back, and the number one defense. That's legendary, Steve. That's how you do it, you know? It is literally his top two and three of his top four scores. Yeah. <laughs> they are. So that bill is going to come due. He's going to crash and burn, and I do believe he knows what he's doing, and he'll be fine next year. But it would this team cannot sustain a three-week run. There's a reason they are a 500 team right now. So I mean, you do have to remember, though, he's kind of hampered by injuries, too. Because, like, if Kirk Cousins was still going, like, this is a really solid team, too, with everything. Like, Kirk Cousins was on a roll. So, also, Mark Andrews was doing pretty solid, too, actually. This is – he's got the, like, a double-triple whammy conundrum this week. Uh, Thursday night, first of all, he's got three players playing Thursday night. Geno Smith, who he has to play at quarterback because Fields is on a bye is going up against his Dallas defense. Oh, no. Do you do something about that? Like, that's textbook canceling out points right there. It's a a win-lose no matter what you do. Uh Uh-huh. That's interesting. I I don't know. I I don't know if you do it, but I (laughs) certainly think he's got to think about 
grabbing a quarterback off the waiver wire to play instead of Geno. Yeah, I would say that. Isn't that crazy that we're saying you should grab a different quarterback instead of a different, different defense? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you should grab a different defense, though. Yeah, <laughs> drop, drop the Cowboys, please. Um, just real quick before we transition, um, I think most of the time I would agree with that stat line or your your premise about canceling each other out, but I would actually uh, point you to last week, uh, the exception to that rule, Sam Howell played the Dallas defense, the D, uh, Cowboy defense got 20 points. Sam Howell uh, put up a respectable 33, so it can be done. Yes, but Sam Howell does a lot of dump-off passes in Geno. That's just not their offense. Touche. Number one. Boogie. Is it Bobby? <laughs> Boogie, woogie, woogie, bugle boy. Was one, stays one, one on on ESPN, and it is not particularly close. Bobby. Team's good. I don't know what to say. Um, I think the only thing that's going to get in their way is if they just have a week where not everyone finds the end zone. Good team. I don't have a whole lot of commentary here. I know. It's just... Saquon had 5.7 points last week, and he still just he put up 165 total. Like, yeah, getting nothing out of your running back spot. So, and I he know. didn't even have to do it the junior way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you're right. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Even the players on his bench who have been like injured are just. He's got a strong bench too. Got a lot of buys this week, but, um, oh, actually, yeah, that's, oh, never mind. He's got Gibbs in his flex. I was going to say he doesn't have a running back to play this week, but Gibbs will go into that spot. And then, well, I don't know. If Olave and Noah Brown can't go this week, uh, he'll have, somebody off the wire. He'll have to grab somebody off the wire because he's got his IR spot open. He can at least throw somebody down there, but. Yep. I tell you, Kelly's catching Bobby at the right time. The 49er defense has the formidable Philly offense. Like, Touch I don't know to play Bobby, but this is about the time to do it. Very fair. <laughs> Touch push. It's just fun to say. It is. All right, let's go into our matchups for next week. Uh, Jank of the week is the aforementioned one, Bobbert versus five, Kelly. Alex, who do you have? Bobby. Cam. Lucas. I am going Kelly because if she loses uh, and I win, next week is going to suck. Yeah. I'm going to go Kelly as well. All right. uh, Two, Junior versus nine, Derek. Cam. Junior. Lucas. Junior. I don't think the fraudulency ends next week. All right, Junior as well. Alex. Junior. All right, and what will be an odd schedule quirk, Alex and I play our first of back-to-back games and our second of three matchups this season next week. Lucas, who do you have? Wait, rewind. Second of three matches? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You play each other three times. 
Remember, week one, because we have the weird with the next year week, was always going to be a matchup of last year's last matchup for each team had. So it was Alex and I last week, and we're in the division together. So three ah, Interesting. Uh, Alex. Uh, Alex. Alex, who do you have? Me. Is it a clean sweep, Cam? No. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Four, Cam versus ten, Carly. I'm going to take Cam. Alex. Carly. Cam. Carly. <laughs> Lucas. Whoops. Sorry. Carly. Three teams are taking the number four ten team. Okay. Fair enough. What we do, you've got to buy him again, so I do get it. All right. Uh, seven, Matt versus eight, senior. And what I feel, it doesn't feel like it's a play out game, but uh, it's pretty darn close. It would uh, be so for yeah. me. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Alex, who you got? Where are the options? <laughs> me seven, and the other Matt team. <laughs> senior. <laughs> Matt. I did so good, guys. That was my first time I got distracted. Cam, who do you have? I'm going to go Matt. <laughs> Lucas. YouTube video of Mall Ninja stuff. The reverse psychology worked last week, so I'm going Matt. Sorry, babe. Lucas. How dare you. All right. I know, I know. Cam, we haven't had you in a while. Do you have any recommendations for the week before we play it on out of here? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've done stuff. It's almost my birthday. Oh, yeah. What are we asking for? Getting a tattoo, boys. What? Yeah. Really? Yep. Are you getting a tattoo of that picture of you with those two dudes? Or that one? <laughs> I could do the one with the two dudes and just be too big. I'd have to put it across my entire chest. Um, no, I am not. Uh, so I'm sorry, real quick, then the birthday pr- uh, present is money to pay for the tattoo, I'm assuming? Correct. What's the tattoo? Is it known yet? It's still a work in progress. I'm working on it. Like, do you, like between a bunch of different options or kind of fine-tuning the option? Uh, fine-tuning the option. It's going to be an arrow. Of some, I'm going to have it on my, my right forearm on the underneath. What? What? You're cracking the seal and going to your forearm? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, sorry. It is not Steve being a judgmental ass. Just normally people start with like more covered up areas and then work their way out to the real estate. But okay. All right. And then if I have money left over, if I have money left over, I want to do on the other side, I want to do um, like the death in, and um like not like the death saving throw circles on one of them. What the hell are we talking? The what? The death saving circles from D and I'd have to fill in two of the death okay. saves though, uh, because I failed two death saves with my asthma stuff. Cam, get a tattoo of a giraffe. No, you shut your face. Why not? Because it's llamas or nothing. Well, okay. Let me let me show you a picture of. A- well, 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 Luke is I'm gonna get, about, actually, I'm going to get one of a whale. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, a killer whale? No, just Lolita. Lolita. I'm going to get Lolita, yeah. 
Talks until next week. Stay good night, Gracie. Do you think we could spend $20 million to save Gracie and bring her here? There you go, Cam. Get that as a tattoo. No.